Right. Here we go. What do you drew? He's seen every film when he is happy. Well, his bitches are sublime. But to you, Andy, we don't talk about Andy. They say he made a sequel. Oompa Loompa Sex. Oh, that's my Tio Matthew. Here's his deal. Whoa, the truth is he can heal you with his spiel. Whoa, his arguments are remedies for real. If you're impressed, imagine how I feel. Matt, welcome to the family sequel pitch. Home of the family sequel pitch. Oh my god. I know it sounds a bit fantastical and magical, oh. but I'm part of the family sequel pitch. <laughs> That. Wow. There you go. <laughs> wow. Oh, yes, Ross. That's yeah. what I spent my day doing, just writing that. <laughs> that was special, man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this week, as you can have guessed, uh, we are pitching and reviewing uh, for the 2021 musical Disney movie Encanto, directed by Byron Howard and Jared Bush. Now, in case you haven't, well, actually, also, I should probably say we're all back in the room together. Well, yeah. not in the room, but in the room yeah. off Zoom. Uh, we are all back. The OGs. Um, we're back. Um, so if you haven't uh, seen the movie, we are going to do a thing that we like to do. We're going to do a story roundup. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... While as oh no, hold on 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 right this is definitely going to be sixty seconds by the way all right Encanto tells the tale of extraordinary of an extraordinary family the Madrigals who live hidden in the mountains of Colombia in a magical house in a vibrant town in a wondrous charmed place called an Encanto. Uh, the magic of Encanto has blessed every child in the family with a unique gift from super strength to the power to heal every child except one, Maribel. Uh, but when she discovers the magic surrounding Encanto is in danger, Maribel uh, decides that she, the only ordinary Madrigal, uh, might just be her exceptional family's last hope. There you go. Hey. hey! I mean, it's very a vague synopsis, but yeah, it's that's fine. basically what happens. It kind with of a is. load of songs in it. So yeah. I did it, Matt. So screw you. <laughs> <laughs> I know I you five it great. <laughs> yeah, and I wrote a song, so you know, you know. Uh, okay, now I think we should uh, get under the surface. Huh? <laughs> you must have been huh? so bored today. Yeah, you... <laughs> yeah, yeah, very yeah. impressed. Uh, we should uh, get under the surface of this movie and find out what you all thought about it. So let's go round our metaphorical table, uh, starting with Andy. Uh, what a lovely movie. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a, a fun movie. I like the music. Not much to complain about, which is, you know, new for me, I guess. Yeah. But um, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, like, very enjoyable, very hooky, good songs, uh, hooky in like a good way, um, and a, and a nice kind of story. Um, I kind of it's, it's it does show you can you don't have to have a quote unquote bad guy or antagonist to make a nice movie. Hmm. Yeah, Drew, do you agree with that? Absolutely, hundred percent. Like this, <clears throat> this film has been on repeat either the actual movie or the soundtrack in my house 
for the last six months. <laughs> and it's it's yeah. very, very good. I do have to say, like it's it's incredibly emotive and this movie it 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 makes me cry it makes me very very happy it makes you move it does also give me a panic attack whenever i listen to surface pressure i'm not even kidding yeah. like mental health journey thing when i was having my very very bad time in february and just after that we were watching this it had just come out on disney plus and we put it on and it got to surface pressure and i properly like had a meltdown it fully oh, put shit. me into so uh, ultimately what i'm saying is that's an incredible thing because it's it is that emotive i'm yeah. still a wee bit triggered by that song i did skip it on the rewatch <laughs> um but i i love this movie i absolutely adore this movie the performances are great it's really funny really moving it looks incredible yeah yeah, yeah, the animation's really good. Uh, Matt, do you agree with the other two, or do you disagree? <laughs> no, I agree. There's no real way of... Uh, there's nothing they've said that I can't say, and nothing they've missed, really. It is, it's proper, like, family, feel-good, embrace-the-love movie. Um, yeah, and someone who has started a family six months ago... It's very heartwarming and very much brings you closer and makes you realize often the smallest things are the most important things and missing my boys, missing my extended family. <laughs> so it's wicked to be back with all three of you, seeing your faces and yeah, man, just full of love right now. Oh, yeah. My encanto is burning bright. Oh. <laughs> Until the debate section then comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Storing up going all out. this time. <laughs> I gotta blow that candle out. I'm gonna fucking yeah. buzz over. <laughs> um so what do we think the like on the little uh topic of sort of uh a bad guy or a a protagonist? Um sorry, an antagonist. Yeah. Um not protagonist. Um an antagonist. Do you think that it lended well for that? Or do you think that it needed something more? Because I know that when I watched it, I I didn't think it was a bad movie. I thought it was very good. However, it just sort of, the end just sort of comes mm. without any, like there's not a massive, like usually these these protagonists go on this epic journey to mm. find out like a lot about themselves. And she does in some aspects, but it's very insular in this. Yeah, mm -hmm. I feel it's not. Yeah. An, uh, do you think that? Um, do you think that that lends well to it, or do you think it doesn't? Uh, Drew, let's it's, go, Drew. It's one of my issues with the film is that it's it's not super duper clear, like what the actual jeopardy is. Yeah, and it does. By the time it gets to the end, it does make it clearer that it is the conflict in the family and it's Abuela not not trusting Mirabelle and putting too much pressure on the others that is causing the fractures. Yeah. But the movie in the moment, it's not one of those things where if you go back and watch it, you can see the clues that were pointing at that. It's just kind of happening and it doesn't really explain why. Yeah. But it's still the message itself of Mirabelle having to not having to but but being at peace with not being magical and 
doing her best to live her best life regardless. Like, I loved the fact that this isn't about her trying, like, she doesn't get a magic power in the end. She's no. already accepted that she doesn't have a magical power and she just does everything else she can. And it's Abuela holding her back is that is her problem. Um, but yeah, if there had been, if Bruno had been the baddie, it would have been maybe a less interesting movie and less interesting story. But it might, if Bruno was destroying the magic and Mirabelle had for yeah. revenge and Mirabelle had to defeat him then the the jeopardy might have been slightly clearer. Yeah. What about you, Matt? What do you think? Um, I think the the first time watching it, waiting for an antagonist, you, yeah, you're forever waiting and wondering who the actual bad guy is, only to realise there isn't necessarily one. Um, the I look I watched this film slightly differently when I'd spoke to a friend who is Colombian and is quite a strict Catholic. And he was talking about, you know, when he watched it, it reminded me of, it reminded me, it reminded him of his family and, you know, kind of how the hierarchy in a family works and how there are pressures on, you know, following bloodlines and following um, in careers and, you know, family-owned um, industries and what have you. So there's a constant pressure to be like the generation before and to follow on and don't change and don't step out. And he said it kind of resonated with him as someone who moved away from uh from his homeland and came to the UK and what have you. Um he was kind he kind of felt that kind of alienation from his family in some way. And then mm. watching it again, suddenly there's so much jeopardy in it and there's so many more, you know, kind of watching it where we're perhaps one step disconnected because of our different upbringings and whatnot, perhaps there's something more to it. And the reason it was set in Colombia is probably, you know, there's more of a message underneath it all. And that's, that's really when I watched it and yeah. felt very differently about it yeah. and realized there's probably a lot of jeopardy there in very traditional families where there are generations that are breaking away and going on their own paths. And yeah, for me, that changed it and then changed how I felt about the movie, made me enjoy it a hell of a lot more made me see the jeopardy and the tension and you know the potential for breakdown a lot more so that's cool do you think that it represented colombian culture well then um obviously we we are not uh, <laughs> colombian <laughs> but like talking to your friend do you think that they uh, they represented it well in the movie i don't think they necessarily do represent colombian culture I think they yeah. have a set, so not like Moana where there was a very big Polynesian feel and it was very clearly a movie based around the Polynesian culture. I think yeah. they've used Colombia as an exotic setting. It, you know, it feeds the aesthetic, it feeds the feeling of magic and whatnot. But I don't yeah. necessarily think that they've said, this is absolutely 100% Colombia. You know, they've yeah. kind of used their research teams and the people in the background that have worked on the script and worked on the storyline maybe used Columbia in their mind, but it's not necessarily fed as a direct, if you're from Columbia, you'll get this. If you're not, you won't. Okay. So, like, you think that it probably could be put anywhere else? Yeah. I don't think it feels like it's in any one country. I feel like it 
you know, it could be a, a made-up country, a made-up place in some ways. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Um, what do we think of the music? Uh, and what Lin Manuel, Lin, Lin Manuel, Manuel Miranda, uh, did with the score and the songs. Well, the sound, the songs, not the score. But um, Andy, what do you think of the songs? Yeah, I really like the songs. Um, I said before they're they're kind of catchy in a good way. Uh, I think the the tunes uh, are, are kind of catchy. The lyrics uh, are sometimes really powerful and yeah, really, really hit on and stuff. And um, I suffer, you know, a little bit of anxiety like everyone, but not to the extent that I, you know, Drew or someone might. And <laughs> just just listening to, yeah, surface pressure, I was definitely like, oh, I, I do feel for Louisa. Like, and, you know, I, I, I know people, yeah, who are, who are like that and stuff. So, so yeah, some of the lyrics bang on. Um, and and do do hit you mm. yeah it's really interesting drew that you that that songs in particular hit you so vividly as well like yeah. and mm. you know it's it's a, it's a testament to you know the songwriter and the and the and the writing of of the songs as well and the lyrics as well yeah that they can connect to people that are going through stuff like that which is which is yeah really cool yeah there's there's a lot of character in these songs as well like they yeah it's it's maybe not the songs aren't necessarily journey songs in the way that musical theater tends to be like people don't tend to start off the songs in one place and finish in a different emotional setting they're kind of kind of more pop songs yeah but they are so good at saying this is this is what this moment is for these characters, that it kind of doesn't matter that they're not furthering a character's emotional journey or the narrative a huge amount because they are just so bloody good. So, so like Lin Manuel Miranda is a poet. He's yeah. he. It, it, I I know that there are people who are getting a bit fed up with him, and it feels like oversaturation <laughs> and things. But for for me, I think yeah. he absolutely deserves to have got to where he's got to in in the public consciousness i think he's wonderful characters develop throughout the songs as well which is probably quite interesting more than like the dialogue outside as say as drew said they kind of start one end and uh, and finish at another and it's just like oh yeah basically they all kind of is that normal in like disney's or is that well, just this one no no but that it's interesting you think i'm i'm saying the opposite i'm yeah. saying traditionally in musical theater Mm. I, I, pe- people say that good musical theatre, the songs aren't just songs for the sake of it. The songs take the characters on a journey. So they start in one place and then yeah, they yeah. sing the song and they go on an emotional journey through the song. And then they finish the song going, so I'm going to be better than like I was. Like case in point, Moana, where she's like, I know the edge of yeah, the water. And she then she starts ends up trepidatious and ends yeah. up being like, no, I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in Which... these, it's not that so much. Um, some of them are like we don't talk about Bruno. At least has yeah. her deciding to push through and keep asking questions. Yeah. yeah, but what's the perfect sister? She develops in her song. I guess the we Louisa, the strong one, comes clean. Well, than better, she does, but, but also like it's more that the song starts when she creates the the cactus. And realizes she doesn't have to be perfect. She has a, a mini journey in it where she's like, "Oh, 
I can make not just flowers. But then the rest yeah. of the song is basically just, woohoo, I can make not just flowers. Yeah. I can make Mickey heads out <laughs> yeah. of cactuses. Whee! Yeah. And they have epiphany. Each each character almost like they have an epiphany through their songs. Certainly the individual mm-hmm. songs that, you know, they do, they come after a moment rather than in the moment and take them through a moment. So, yeah, mm. I do see where Drew's coming from. I can I understand where Andy's seen it as well because it is in a real moment for those characters. But yeah, I think that's exactly, what it is. It exactly. encapsulates the moment for them rather than mm. delivers them through a moment. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly yeah. right, Matt. That's a I very good that, way of putting I, it. I said the other day where the, like, the, movie's, the movie's great, the movie's fine, but I think I prefer the songs more. And that's either because they're good songs um, or because... Yeah, maybe because of now I've seen the movie, I can relate the lyrics when I hear them back in that feeling and stuff like that. Where, yeah, normal songs, they're just, way mm. normal musical <laughs> number, way. Can I, I keep on thinking of a moment in this film and it's making me have to try not to laugh down the mic. Do you, does yeah. anyone mind, do you mind if well, I just yeah, say yeah. it? Go over it. I think my favourite part of this movie is when Mirabel meets Bruno mm. and he's they've sort of saved each other from the pit and he goes, bye, and walks off. And then she goes, oh, you've been climbing that ladder and fixing the cracks in the walls. And he goes, oh, no, I I wouldn't do that. I, I'd be much too scared. That's all done by Hernando. And she goes, who's, who's Hernando? And he's just put his head up and goes, I am Hernando and I feel nothing. And it, that I I loved that moment so, he so much. He has like two characters, doesn't he? He has like Buckethead or something. Yeah. And but then, it's Hernando. Yeah. I am Hernando and I feel nothing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I think we've talked about this long enough. So let's go around and give our scores out of five. Let's start with Matt. Ooh, I'm going to go with, you know what? No, fuck it. I really enjoyed the movie. I'm going to go with five rats along his back. Wow. <laughs> five. Whoa. Coming back with a straight five. Matt's coming right. with a five. I'm a changed man, boys. Five from I'm Matt. a changed yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's uh. coming for my highest average score. Yeah, bloody hell. He's gunning for me. <laughs> uh, Andy. Um, yeah, like the movie, um, I don't think there's anything so much new. Um, I don't know if it would have worked better with an antagonist, but it would have been maybe interesting. Uh, like Mirabelle feels like she kind of develops to a certain amount, but then everyone else develops a bit more. Um, but still, really liked it. Um, I do want to put out, pull out, uh, no, shout out two voices in case people don't know. Mirabelle is Rose out of um, Brooklyn Nine Nine because a lot of people mm-hmm. just don't know that. And the the toucan who sounds like a toucan, <laughs> and you probably think is a toucan, it's not. It's Alan Tudyk. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why how much they paid him to literally come in and sound like a, a toucan. But um, uh, I'm gonna give a f- <laughs> four point two five dancing donkeys. Nice, <laughs> Andrew. I don't think I can quite go five, but it's very, very good. It's oh man, ah, oh, I feel like I'm being for? I'm being peer pressured. Yeah. I I was initially earlier. Your heart I would say you go lower than four or between. No, God, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. Earlier, I was thinking four point two five. And I'm just, I just take a minute. I'm just going to convene with my mood. Oh, you've got to be as cynical <laughs> as Andy. You can't be the same as Mr. Cynic. <laughs> it's not. It's a good review. I'm saying. You listen to the music about the movie. If you listen to the music about the movies, <sighs> would you miss much? <laughs> I would definitely. 
Yeah. Mm, okay, well... I think Matt swayed me, you know. I'm thinking Ooh. about it now. I mm. can't think of... I. Yes, even it though it caused been... you immense <laughs> that's, that's uh, emotional not the pain. Mo- that's not yeah. the movie's <laughs> fault. I will give yeah. it five music-induced Ooh. panic attacks out of five. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I will give it... I'm not going to go as high as five, unfortunately. Can't keep handing them out recently. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to give it four kids who have too many coffees out of five. <laughs> um, Random... It's Colombia. They they couldn't make it cocaine. (laughs) Overprotective parents. Well, it's coffee. That's a kid definitely on coffee. Yeah, I think for like it's it's a good movie. Mm. I I I don't think that it's a a five for me personally, but I did like it, and I do love the music. And yeah, I have been listening to it all week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you have it. Uh, So Drew, what does our average score come out as uh, it comes out at 4.56 so, so strong recommendation yeah very strong recommendation <laughs> comes in our our nearest analog recently actually it's not that far behind thor ragnarok 4.76 for thor ragnarok yeah. closest most recent score is the batman at 4.63 very different movies. Inside Out was do, 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 do. Inside Out was four point eight one. Ah, okay. Fair. What did you give that? What did everyone give it? It was just me that gave it a, not a very good. Four point eight. Four point five. Andy was four was... four point seven five. Me and Matt yeah. were both fives again, and Ross was yeah. a four point five. So yeah, and actually we've we've rated it higher than Moana. Wow. Mainly, Bastards. mainly because of Matt's three point seven five for Moana. <laughs> you Ooh, piece what? of shit! <laughs> what was I on that day? I was not in a good mood. <laughs> Sorry, it's good Mr. To know we, Sorry, we, Moana it's good fans. To know that we uh, we score these with the hindsight <laughs> utter integrity. <laughs> yeah, utter integrity. <laughs> okay, so now I think it's that time where it's time. You, time to time, <laughs> the time of times, it's that time <laughs> to get your sequels pitched. <laughs> Rules are the same as ever. Uh, you pitch your pitch, and I may have some questions for you at the end. So, and then we do a battle at the end. Uh, so let's start with Drew. Hello. Hello. What's your title of your movie? Mine is Encanto 2. You know they did. Yeah. Disney did Frozen two. I'm just doing Canto two. It's yeah, it's fine. That's fair. Pussy, uh, boring, and... whatever. <laughs> I like how Drew's like it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and what's your little blurby blurb blurb? After the mountain splits open and the Encanto is opened to the world, Mirabel and Alma go in search of their family. Yeah, it's a good thing you're going first uh, out of Andy <laughs> and Matt. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Wicked. Mine's, mine's got family, but it's a different firm. Fibbly. Crossover. Fibbly. Fibbly. If they're going to find Dom's cousin and have a street race and Dom's going to oh give God. him his car. Finn Diesel's yeah. going to sing in a really flat, to- flat note the whole song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Go for it. All right. So the movie opens five years after the first one. There's a big number that recaps the events of the previous movie called What Got Us Here, which introduces everyone in the Encanto again as the family getting ready for Dolores' wedding to Mariano. Mirabel is 20. She's been taking on a bit more of a leading role in the family as Alma has, been, has begun to slow down with her age. 
uh, we get mentions of Pedro through the wedding and how much he would have loved the wedding. After the wedding, life is going well, but then Dolores and Mariano come to everyone and say that they're leaving. They're going to go somewhere else in the world. Alma freaks out, doesn't like it. No one wants them to leave. Isabella, though, is also on board. She wants to go and experience other things. Everyone else is worried. They're worried it could bring new people to the Encanto. They have a big face-off song called Fear, and it's very good. Um, <laughs> it seems like Mirabelle at the end of the song manages to get Isabella and Dolores to stop, but then the next morning they wake up and there's a letter saying they've gone to the city where Pedro and Alma met and grew up. Um, they want to see the rest of the world and see if they connect connect with more of their family. They leave. A few Ooh. weeks later, everything's kind of settles down and calms down. Um, but then there are rumbles of trouble in the outside world, um, outside of the Ring of Mountains, because the historical event La Violencia has begun outside in the outer world of Colombia. With the sounds of war on the horizon, the rest of the family, with gifts, decide to stay and help the village, while Mirabel, her father, and Alma go to look for Dolores and Isabella to try and bring them home. Um, maybe we get a funny scene where Louisa, like, picks them up and throws them most of the way to the city or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> As they get to the city and they adventure through the city, um, looking for Dolores and Isabella, it's interspersed with flashbacks and songs from Alma's life with Pedro. My inspiration being effective, kind of the Godfather part two for Alma and Pedro and like mm. seeing their young life and... The, and the places that they went when they were younger and the difference in meaning they have now for Alma and the kind of fear that all this conflict and everything in the outside world brings to her. Oh, and Mirabel learns how much of Pedro there is in her. Like it, The first movie does suggest that it's not like they don't talk about Pedro, but she learns a bit more about him. We don't talk about, <laughs> about Pedro, Pedro. <laughs> no, no. no. He's real dead. He died in the river. <laughs> so they find Isabella looking after a group of people, like keeping them happy. They're, they're sheltering from the fighting in an old theatre or something. Um, she's getting scared. Then even darker, Dolores ends up using her power, looking for people who are trapped under rubble from the fighting and listening out for people. And Alma's slowing down more and more. While this is happening, we have another back and forth cutting back to the village. It starts off a bit wacky earlier in the movie before it gets a bit darker in the city. But then as the fighting seems to get closer, it gets a bit more tense. They start making plans to sort of block off the pass so that Mirabelle and the others wouldn't be able to get through to stop people coming in. Kind of a, a sad version of Be A Man from Mulan <laughs> um, as they get ready to fight. And then in the end, Mirabelle decides that they should bring as many people back to the Encanto as they can. Alma is scared. She doesn't want to mess all of that up. And Mirabelle says, no, we've got to deal with, we've, we've got to help these people and we'll deal with the consequences. Isabel and Dolores round people up. Alma is too scared. She runs off. Mirabelle goes with her. They find her in Pedro's old house. And mirroring what happened to her, she opens the door and sees it's been abandoned and there's the belongings of a young family. And just like she and Pedro had to run, there is that stuff in there she has a change of heart she knows they now need to look after everyone but she's too tired to go on without her middle daughter's healing food she tells Mirabelle it's her job to lead the family now and Mirabelle's like no no I'm too young I can't lead them and she's like no you lead them now they're your family and she sits down outside of her and Pedro's house and Pedro sits down next to her and it is implied that she dies we cut back to the village they're all getting ready to fight and bring down the mountain 
and then but then we see the soldiers but then just ahead of the soldiers we see Mirabel, Isabella, Dolores and bringing a whole stream of refugees back they get everyone through the mountain we have a big action scene where Louisa uses all of her strength and her aunt uses her weather powers and Bruno's using his visions to see where counterattacks will come from and stuff and they push all the fighters back they bring sad hurt people in they tell them it'll all be alright even though Abuela's gone the family is growing Mirabel says she's sure they will leave the Encanto one day when the world is ready for their gift the end Ah, very nice, very nice. I just have two questions. Mm -hmm. Is this a darker um, sequel than the first? <laughs> yeah, it 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 definitely is. It's got like so. It's uh, interesting that Matt said there's a lot of things that they kind of messed up about messed up about um, Colombian culture, but I found it really interesting that they looked at the um thousand day war around 1900 as kind of inspiration for what drove pedro and alma out in the beginning and so i was like okay yeah. the movie set 50 years after that what was happening around then oh there was a crazy uprising called la violencia which was happening around that time <laughs> and so i i liked the idea of them going into the outside world and being like oh wow everyone out here has cars and stuff kind of like the village they get out and they're like oh <laughs> life yeah, has yeah. moved on while we've been living our idyllic life where nothing's changed for 50 years yeah but also the first movie is about this group of people who are formed through this incredible hardship and loss and seeing as that fit very well with the timeline anyway I, I, I don't think we should shy away from slightly more adult themes in movies. It might yeah. be a bit too hardcore. We'll see what the guys decide to argue about that later, and I'll do what I can to fight it. But it just <laughs> felt like the right way to go for me. Yeah, cool. I was going to ask you about um, why you wanted to tell this story, but you kind of answered it in that like bit anyway. Okay, cool. Thank you, Drew. Let's go for... Uh, let's save Matt till last. Let's oh, go for shit. Andy. Oh, yes. Here we come. <laughs> Here we come. All right. Um, so my uh, my sequel is also called Ancanto 2, or Ancanto. <laughs> nice. Hold for applause. Thank you very much. <laughs> Other titles are New Horizons or The Magic Continues. I love how you just give, every week you give like about <laughs> five titles all the time. Hey, hey. <laughs> to be fair, pick, these titles are actually yeah. quite good ones. Yeah. Some of the titles hey, they're always come good up ones. <laughs> they're yeah, always yeah. good ones. How dare you? And can Sorry. too? Sorry. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your blurb? Uh, my blurb is the mountains around the marigold, marigolds. Um, <laughs> Madrigal. Mad Madrigal. Uh, home are open and the magical family ventures out into the real world. After learning new things and sharing their values, their family changes forever. Oh. So we open on a song. The family is happy and complete and things couldn't be better. Antonio is playing with some animals and he comes home saying that he saw some people through the mountains. The family then debate leaving home, but Abuela is scared what people will think after learning about their magic. Mirabel walks to the boundary and sings a song about exploring and new beginnings, and she sees a boy called Andres, and they talk about their, and they talk and learn about each other's lives. Mirabel goes back and convinces her family to leave for the day. When they enter this new town, they feel like fishes out of water, and they sing, sing a song about seeing things with new eyes. Like Drew, I was like, do they even have like dentists? Do they know what a dentist is? <laughs> so they have a song about a dentist, maybe? <laughs> 
You know they're not like aliens, though. They no, but they don't a, have a dentist yeah, in that Yeah, they have a woman yeah, who can Matt, heal everything yeah. by giving them cheese. <laughs> yeah, but... If they were like, wait, someone... You don't have perfect teeth. You need someone <laughs> to, like... <laughs> Abe, Abe uh, is from, like, the town. Yeah, that's... With a, yeah. So she would... Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway, why am I arguing for yeah. you? you can the little it. town doesn't have anything. It's, it's fun. Yes, it's true. All right, go on. Uh, yeah, so so... we have scenes of the family learning new things, uh, finding out things about like the real world and how it works, and meeting new people. Mirabelle meets Andres and tells him about the magic in their family, and they sing a song about the, about friendship starting up. Uh, there be no romantic flirting or anything between these two. Is purely they're going to be best friends. Um, wow. Abuela meets an old farmer who flirts with her, but she acts cold towards him. The family then go home, and Abuela talks about never going back, but the family disagree, saying it was nice to experience new things and meet new people. Abuela then sings a song about how family needs to stay together. The family, without Abuela, then go back through the mountains, and they have a party, and the family show uh, their gifts to these new people in the village. Uh, but they're surprised to learn the further they are away from the candle, the weaker their gifts are. Uh, the next part of the movie is the family learning that they have their powers without needing the magic. Basically, they learn that Louisa becomes emotionally strong, Isabella become, uh, learns to be normal or like blend into the background now, uh, kind of becoming less perfect or in, kind of imperfect, but she's you know blending into the background. And Brunio, uh, Brunio, Bruno is happier that he can't see the future and everything's just new to him. Uh, some of the family members start dating some of the villagers or seeing them. Uh, and over the next few days, the family starts spending more time away from their house and more time in the village. Abuela gets scared and sings a song about losing her family. Uh, the family invites the villagers to come to their house for a giant party, and Mirabelle talks about uh, leaving the home and moving to the village to start a new life. The family likes this idea, uh, and this freaks out Abuela, who cancels the party and tells everyone to leave. Mirabelle then finds Abuela, who tells her granddaughter the family needs to stay together, but Mirabelle says that doesn't mean staying in the same house and holding people back um, stops them from growing and knowing more about themselves, reminding Abuela about how much the family have come in the last few days. Uh, they don't actually need their magic to be magical. Uh, they then sing a song together about seeing things from different perspectives. Perspectives. End of the movie sees the uh, some of the family move to the village, uh, and Abuela starts to date the farmer who flirted with her earlier. And Mirabelle Mirabel says she wants to stay at home because she's not ready to move on yet. And Abuela passes the candle holder, kind of leader of the family title, to Mirabelle. Uh, and we end on the last song about how goodbyes aren't always a bad thing. And then she dies. Yeah. No, she stays alive because I'm not that dark and sadistic. <laughs> and it's a happy movie. What's all this stuff in red on your on your? Oh, I, that was uh, that was at one point. Story. No, at one point I de- I had an antagonist. Um, ah. but I liked I liked the idea of keeping it just very much in the family. And again, no no antagonist. The antagonist is life. It's time. It's growing up. It's moving on. You know, it's it's all that stuff. They the antagonist was going to be Andres's father tells Andres basically to learn about the magic. He and his mates then go steal the magic. Um, but then the, f- the the village kind of turns on Andres' father and takes the candle back to the family, um, changing their brother's view. But I, st- I, I, I like it not having that antagonist. It's just that bastard time always getting in the way. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. Um, I'll just ask you one question, as I'm probably going to ask the same to Matt. Go on. What, what made you pick this sequel idea? Um, because it's not, uh, again, a little bit of family, uh, family research about Colombians and stuff. And obviously like kind of family, but it's just, a, it's just, uh, I think a message that can be reached through every family, no matter what, um, where you come from. It's, it's leaving home. I want, I want it to be a story of leaving home told by two different people, basically, or two different perspectives. One from a younger person wanted to leave and one from an older person not wanting anyone to leave. And they basically kind of switch at the end. 
Nice. Mm. Nice. Okay, good. Thank you, Andy. Now let's go for Matt. Matthias, what have you got for me, my friend? Hey, guys. So I took a similar approach to Andy with my title. Oh, you um, bastard. <laughs> oh, I should have copyrighted mine. God damn it. Uh, my title is Encan Dos, the Spanish word nice. for two. Right. See, that's what you could have done, Andy. That's but how it would have been really and canto, cool. And Canto does finish with a T and O, so it's easier to put the W in there. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's so that's such an English approach to it. I've just I've taken a bit more of the It doesn't culture. make sense. You've changed the last bit of the title. <laughs> you can argue about this in the argument section. Uh, cool. Yeah, so, and what's your little blurb, like your blurb? Okay, with great <laughs> new madrigals comes terrifying new threats. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm getting the rust off. I'm slowly shaking the rust off, boys. All right. <laughs> cool. All right go on then. Go for it. All right. So we open to a fizzed up version of the num- of the movie one opening track, the family Madrigal. Uh, we see a montage of the family again doing what they do best. Uh, they're all hugging and loving Bruno and Mirabel. So clearly everything's still good there. Um, the the first verse is exactly the same. The second verse, this time we're giving exposition into what's happened in the couple of years since the first movie. Uh, this, uh, let's say four years since the first movie. The sisters are both enjoying their new life. They have much less pressure. They're enjoying their powers. They're being creative. They're having a lot of fun. And then we have a big focus on cousin Dolores and Mariano. They get married and they give birth to twins. <laughs> hey. yeah. One girl and one boy. Um, They are... By the end of the song, we see that they're beautiful young toddlers. They're perfectly well-behaved in every way, but they're starting to become adventurous. They're starting to become a bit cheeky. They're really embracing being toddlers, and, you know, everyone kind of goes, oh, kids, eh? Oh, kids, eh? Uh, the names are Daniela and Diego. There's something strange, though, at the end of the song, and we kind of start seeing it in the in the scenes around the toddlers. The shadows, their shadows, they're moving, and they're not quite following the strict regime of a shadow they're a bit more floaty it's almost as if they're becoming sentient so we can further down the line we have a song led by mum and dad about family life with twins it's called double trouble uh they're acknowledging that the the next set of multiples since the triplets uh so since you know abuela had the three children um and how they feel like it's special and that makes them more special than any of the others that have come recently um, the family all joins in with the song and we're building this idea of very high expectations and there's a lot of pressure on these two twins that are only, you know, two. They don't necessarily uh, consciously acknowledge it, but it's all about the subconscious. So during the song, we see uh, the candles flickering. Uh, we keep cutting to the candle and the shadows. Uh, they're moving in a funny manner and kind of by the end of it, we see... And the shadowy swirl flick out from the candle and it actually hits the twins door. So the twins door obviously isn't gold yet. They've not had their powers. But now there's the shadowy silhouette on the door that isn't necessarily noticeable, but it's definitely there. Um, mm. So basically, the movie is about family pressures. We've seen it before in the first movie, perhaps. But, you know, sometimes we can regurgitate the same story if we're Disney. <laughs> because Disney do it all the time. So before you start arguing... Um, yeah, that's, it's, that's good Disney. So. But it's the expectations placed on these twins, these toddlers, um, and it's kind of, you know, uh, 
yes, yeah, so it's placed on to not only, you know, be kind of part of a pair and they're meant to come together, but they're also meant to have their own identity and it's all confusing. Um, and, you know, perhaps there's an argument that this is inspired by some personal circumstances. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yeah, the shadows, as I've said, they represent the pressures and expectations and, you know, it's tarnishing and influencing these children even at such a young age. Uh, and the jeopardy lies within these idealistic shadows that they're becoming more and more real. They're taking the form of the twins and they're adding color. And, you know, they perhaps don't listen to my inside out pitch. This I've realized starts to sound quite familiar. Um, they're embracing color and the twins, the actual twins are kind of fading out. Um, and Dolores and Mariano, they're the first to see the shadow twins as their children and they don't even acknowledge the actual twins that were born um so maribel and bruno being outcasts they still see the actual twins they don't see the shadowy twins um well they kind of see them as shadows and a threat so uh they they basically help to raise people's awareness um talking about their own uh their own issues and cue a big song familiarity or something like that uh basically mirabal uses the candle and kind of wakes people up somehow without burning them but kind of uses the candle's <laughs> magic and the encanto kind of breaks this curse on people that are seeing the shadows as the actual children and they go oh god and they come back to life and they're like oh god what were we doing um but the two people that they can't get through to that are so fixated on these perfect children being their children is Dolores and Mariano. And the only way they can break this curse is by Abuela. Essentially, she's willing to sacrifice herself. They go off through this sub-adventure getting a magic mirror. Why not? Sounds like Disney. Um, and <laughs> Abuela is basically saying she will sacrifice herself in order to wake them up. And just that power of love and that power of family finally breaks through Dolores and Mariano and they learn to fully accept that it's been their influence and their negative influence and the influence around them and the pressures around them and how they should just love their children unconditionally without letting these outside influences get a hold of them. So we close with a really upbeat number which is called Our Future and we see a montage, an, an encanto verse of their futures where we see these twins living their own versions of their lives however they choose to, not a set in stone, but they're basically sitting on a hill looking over the sunset and we're seeing all these visions, they're holding hands and the family comes around them and we close on a nice silhouette of the Madrigal family. Nice. Uh, and read the bomb bit as well. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, so these are totally original, not Disney-inspired songs that include Shadowlands. Ooh, I can see the light. <laughs> Let it glow. I mean, it won't sound like that, but it'll be a different sound. And Akuna Mata Twins. <laughs> that should have been your title. Yeah. <laughs> you should have called it Akuna Mata Twins. <laughs> so there you go. Very nice. Mm. What? Uh, why this sequel? Why? What picked? What made you pick this story? Um, perhaps the writer is calling on some personal influences yeah. in this. Mm. Um, yeah. you know, whilst I joked about it in the pitch, I do sometimes feel Disney aren't necessarily 
you know, changing the mold with their sequels. They tend to stick to a known and worked formula. Encanto, the first one, was obviously a very popular film. You know, the music in it, but also the story people have embraced. So I'm not going to go off and tell a completely different story when we know the first Encanto works. There's still a message behind it. It's still that reminder of family first. It looks at it from the impression more about, you know, those the twins representing the generation that can't yet defend itself can't yet define itself and how family pressure can sometimes have quite a big influence this whole nature nurture argument you know perhaps Mm. it can lean more into that and obviously i've squeezed this into a page there's a lot more we can flesh out but yeah it's it's to tell the story again and really solidify that story of encanto and the madrigal family very nice Right. While I sit here, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a song. That, uh, <laughs> is there any more songs that I've got? Uh, hold Spotify. on. It'll be on there. Yeah, yeah, hold on. Uh, yeah, while I sit in and stew in my Urugatas. It's not very good. It's rubbish. Shall we get into the debate section? What else can we do? What else can we do to convince you? (laughs) Right. Yes. Let's get into the debate phase. So you have the floor to win me over. uh, Talk about any plot holes you have on anyone else's. Why Drew's is so dark. Why he killed off the granny. Why Matt's is about twins. Uh, Whatever. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. So I have a view on both of these pitches, um, and I've only made one note. I'm just going to sit and ride on these uh, these views. But, <laughs> you know, Ro- uh, Drew bringing us, Ross, uh, Umbrella Academy meets Marvel. Uh, sorry, Disney. <laughs> it is a Disney film. Sorry, I thought it was a Marvel film for a minute. Um, you know, that's that could be argued as perhaps not really the family-friendly film that we want to watch, and I don't necessarily want to give my children nightmares about all these super mutants, uh, super family um, that <laughs> exist. Drew's face. Um, have, so, you, have, you, um, have you seen The Incredibles and The Incredibles 2? Like, yeah, but it's not based, It's not set in a historical war with a bunch no, of but dark the people fir- and the their first grandma movie, doesn't die in it. The first movie literally has two sequences where men on horseback <laughs> with weapons and fire kill the patriarch of the family. Like <laughs> we we get over it. Bambi did that once upon a time. You you kill grandma off towards the we end of the film. We know Abuela. That's that the it, point. That it hits, yeah, it Disney films never kill longer. people towards the it end of the longer. movie. No, it's more painful than we never get over it. We've got the whole movie to get over that in The Incredibles <laughs> and in Bambi and things like that. You've got to place your death further at the beginning of the movie, Drew, and then I'll let it slide. If um, you can't Andy... envision envisage a way to show a war torn city without literally explicitly showing blood and guts exploding across the screen that's on you <laughs> no, no, i'm on about you killing grandma it's a really emotional time and it's a really heavy point in the movie yeah you yeah, know life goes Mufasa's on death still fucks me up to this day yeah, i don't does. forgive and the lion king for iconic. killing him off halfway through the Look, movie again if you if you don't like the lion king because Mufasa dies that's <laughs> on you not the only one i love the lion king right, i love the first 60 oh, so, minutes of the lion king oh so you king. agree <laughs> killing off important influential uh, leaders of families um, can be powerful and moving Ooh, i've got <laughs> such emotional. a good retort to that and, okay andy on. i just oh, think okay. that you know you can't say oh my movie's about encanto the magic of encanto and how they don't need the magic of encanto 
<laughs> kind of defeats the title of the movie, doesn't it? <laughs> non canto is what it could be called, perhaps. Have a good, have a good third one, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's I, I rest my case. Mine's by far the best, right, and what? mine has a very personal connection. So if you don't pick me, I kind of take it personally. <laughs> Right, so Andy, why were you gonna what were you gonna retort to? What was your um, I, I think killing off influential pe- uh, characters is really good and can really progress a character or a story. But like in Drew's, uh, uh, Mirabelle doesn't do anything after the death. It doesn't like she goes on to help people, but that was her goal and stuff anyway. Like she no. doesn't have a big consequence after this death. No, her goal was to bring back her her sister and her cousin, and yeah. then she decides to bring loads of extra people back and and decides that she well, needs because to of... show abuela yeah. that that's the right thing to do it's she makes that de- abuela's death i'm not fridging abuela to make her make that decision she makes that decision and then has to resolve that emotional friction with abuela before she dies okay um yeah it's, i've got no problem with being dark but it's not yeah the same tone as the first one with War. And again, death would have been a great subject if the whole fam, if the film was about Abdel- Abuela's death and Mirabel kind of handling it, or the family handling it. It could have been uh, better. Um, sorry, better is the wrong word. It could have been more. Uh, it could have been yeah, better. Some Raymond can And they all get Just stuck so. at the end as well. I feel a bit like that's not a great way. It's not a happy end if they're all they're like, oh, one day we we'll come out of our our caves and and show the world who we are. Um, Matt said, Matt said it best. It's basically the first one. To be honest, I think I prefer Matt's idea with the shadows and stuff to the first one, but it's just the first one. So mine's um, mine is better yeah. than the first You're, Encanto movie, Ross. You hey, gave no, me you, 4.5. Mine would be a 4.75 at least. According you to would Andy. definitely would have got a 4.3. So, um, mine keeps the magic in the family. It, it explores that magic isn't everything. It could be a big part of your life to like know yourself or um start creative uh, endeavors or basically just to get ideas and stuff but um yeah it has it keeps family problems in the family no war no death uh it's not the first one it, it moves the family uh, on as life does all right i've had enough <laughs> i've picked my pick he's fed up um matt i like yours i like that you draw on this twin thing i think it's a really cool idea andy i also like yours uh i think the um the way you go out and it's about like them not having like i like the idea of the like the exploring the non-powers thing like that it's actually the the heart and stuff and they can be better without it i like that idea and drew i really i like that you've based it on sort of like factual stuff and i i yeah yeah but there can be only one winner and this week's winner is drew toynbee oh what i'll tell you why a bunch of sad kids coming out of that theater (laughs) because i as soon as he's as soon as the the visual of of the grandma sitting down with Pedro is really strong to me, and I really think that that, that one scene you're gonna yeah you're gonna, well, you're hey, gonna buy the I'm movie from that I'm one scene. I also think that changing the tone of it is not a necessarily bad thing, and I think that it, it it explores it a little bit more, and I like it. I don't know. I just I just like that image, and I'm a sucker for a sad story. 
You will suck for one image. I tell you, <laughs> I, don't I got one you, image that will play for two you hours don't long. Got you, Savage, you know, I'll make I'll make uh, this as sad as you fucking want. Yeah, bloody <laughs> hell. Yeah, I want children dying in the streets. Uh, <laughs> they're uh, stuck in their caves. Who knows yeah. when they're going to come out? If they're going to come got out, they've the Hulk on their team. She can just open the mountain again whenever she wants. <laughs> so I thought they were hiding. All uh, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, for now. You did you two did good, right? It was a strong I'm, one. I'm like... surprised I won. Like that would I I genuinely that good week this week, yeah. boys. Don't don't make I, me I, regret yeah. it now. No. Uh, that's Matt's fine, yeah. I say yeah. I, I actually really like mine Se- as well. I like um there's bits of everyone, sorry. Yeah. I fucking hated mine. <laughs> don't know why I wrote it. <laughs> yeah, man, yours I say your your shadow bit, your bits with the shadow and stuff like that. Oh, if they actually brought that into the first one with like Matt, maybe you should have made you it a really sad moment winning. where the shadows and the children touched hand as the shadows died. Maybe then Ross might have got a more involved with mine, that sad moment. Sorry. There you go. Director's cut would have had that really fucking sad moment for you, Ross, but whatever. <laughs> Don't be bitter, be better. Yeah. Oh, Next time, but... make them your chi- children's names, and then maybe I would have put maybe one. They're not very uh... Colombian. <laughs> I did Google <laughs> Spanish names in order to make sure that I kept some authenticity in it. Brian Funny and enough, Deirdre. my two daughters' uh... names didn't appear in that. all right so drew what are we gonna do next episode and next episode we are doing one that we've been threatening to do for ages like we discussed (laughs) this right at the beginning what it is i already please no it's time for christopher nolan's inception Oh my god! Quick. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be Matt fun. really wanted to win this week as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you have it. Drew is our winner this week. We will be do- we will be joining you next week. Well, not next week. We will be joining you uh, next episode for Inception. Okay. <laughs> if you like sequel pitch, then why not head on down to patreon.com forward slash sequel pitch as we have our own patreon now we're official we're real podcasters now yeah you can have a look and see which tier that you would like to join at there's only one tier yeah there's (laughs) one tier but that tier is going to be wonderful yeah and it's not a tier of sadness like drew's pitch of (laughs) Like well, all these kids coming out of the theatre. It's going to be a tear of joy and happiness and our thanks for you for doing that. There you go. So, yes, head, head on down, please. That would be really great. As always, if you like this podcast, please shout about it with your friends. Tell them. Uh, tweet us, Instagram us, Facebook us. Tell me or whoever who you think should have won by giving their name and pitch as well so hashtag andy's pitch or hashtag drew's pitch or matt's pitch uh let me know and as ever it's goodbye from matt goodbye i was, pick- I was trying to pick you <laughs> that was, was really like- tense i don't know why <laughs> yeah. i had to build that dramatic suspense there <laughs> and it's goodbye it's like from we're in a andy. drew movie in it it's like we're in a drew <laughs> yeah. movie Bam. Well, I forgot to mention that when my family go outside the mountains, it turns to the movie old and they all die. <laughs> uh, well, Andy's one. Sorry. His death count is higher. Sorry. 
<laughs> and your notes is just ticking off the dance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's goodbye from this week's winner, Drew Toynbee. Goodbye, everyone. And it's goodbye from me, Ross Harmston. Bye. Bye. We don't talk about Ross now. <laughs> no more. <God. laughs>